This is an ABC podcast. For copyright reasons, the music has been edited. 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 To hear the full tracks, listen to The J Files, Thursday nights on Double J. Or head to doublej.net.au and click on the track list at the bottom of each episode. Kaz Tran here. Welcome to The J Files, the podcast for people who love music. Each episode is like a quick music history lesson. We pick a different artist or band, we look at some of the most important moments in their career, and we celebrate their impact on music. We also give you access to the Double J and Triple J archives, packed full of iconic interviews. On this episode, it's one of the most important Australian bands of all time. Yothu Yindi rose out of northeast Arnhem Land in the mid-80s and became globally renowned ambassadors of Australian music and culture. Before we begin, I'd like to advise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners that this episode of The J-Files contains voices and music of people who have died. Out of respect for the Yunupingu family, we won't include archives of the late, great Dr M, but we've got plenty of stories and reflections from those who worked with him over the years. Dr M Yunupingu's vision for Yothuyindi was a musical meeting of two different cultures. A merging of Yolnu and Balanda talent and skills, Western rock and traditional instruments sung in English and language, a true encapsulation of contemporary Australian music. Theirs was a sight and sound so unique, so joyful and powerful that it didn't take long for their star to rise. They deeply impacted the social, musical and political landscape and amongst their many great achievements, Yothu Yindi took Yonu culture to the world. Just a couple of years on from when they first formed in the mid-80s, they recorded their debut album, Homeland Movement. From there, they played the Seoul Cultural Olympics in Korea, headlined the first festival of Aboriginal rock music and went on a massive US-Canada tour with Midnight Oil. Their follow-up album, Tribal Voice, arrived in 1991 and included one of the most significant songs in Australian music history. Treaty catapulted the band to new commercial heights, both here and overseas. Its success brought Australian Indigenous issues to thousands of people who'd never been aware of them before. Being the hefty anthem that it is, Treaty took many hands, locations and writing sessions to finally complete 
and was a broad collaborative effort. Here's Peter Garrett and Paul Kelly recounting the making of the legendary song. Treaty came about when Yothi Yindi, in particular the lead singer, was putting together a song about uh, a treaty on the back of a promise made by Labor Prime Minister Hawke. And those proposals that they have put and with which I have agreed are these. Firstly, that there shall be a treaty negotiated between between the Aboriginal people and the government on behalf of all the people of Australia. And secondly, that the next step is that you, the Aboriginal people, should decide what it is that you want to see in that treaty. Of course, there's still not a treaty. In 1991, the lead singer of Yothi Yindi, Dr Unipengu, invited me up to Arnhem Land to work on some songs for their second record. When I arrived, he said, I want to write a song about the treaty. We started it on, on our campfires around um, Brimbrin, south of Yurikala. Got pretty stuck for a while. I'm not really someone who writes uh, from the top up or from a a theme down. We struggled, we got some other way with the song. Then we went to Darwin to rehearse with the rest of the band, with the rest of Yothu Yindi. We were there for a week and, and we were just jamming on the last day and the band uh, was jamming on a groove and um, for want of nothing better to do, sang Treaty Yeah, Treaty Now over the top of the groove. We thought, oh, maybe there's something there and we recorded it on a little beatbox in the middle of the room. And that was the end of the session for then, uh, for now. And I went back to Melbourne and we had a little communication by, oh, it's probably by fax then. <laughs> Next thing I knew, they were, Yothi Indy were down in Melbourne recording. I wasn't involved in that, uh, but I knew they were doing it. And uh, their manager, AJ, Alan James, rings up and says, um, they've recorded the song Treaty. <laughs> Treaty. I said, oh, really? I didn't think it was finished yet. They said, yeah, he's... Um, the record company pretty keen to put it out, but uh, uh, no one can, under can really sort of hear the words properly. I said, oh, that's probably because he's, we haven't finished the words and he's probably just, uh, um, you know, mumbling a melody kind of thing. And that was the case. So then the singer, uh, Unipingo, and I got together again in uh, Sydney when he was up there to finish off the song. So we finished it off. And then we walked around the corner to Peter Garrett's office, the Midnight Oil office. <laughs> Uh, they came down to, to Sydney to record the song and uh, popped in to, to see me at the Midnight Oil office and said, what do you think and would you put anything in it? And I can't say I did a great deal other than making a few suggestions about um, bridges and lines that might work. Peter suggested you know, some arrangement things, some good ideas. I went off back to what I was doing and they, they recorded it the next day with Peter in the studio. Singing it through with him. Uh, just as a way of essentially sharing that bit of the recording journey. So that's how the first version of the song was done, which was 
you know, a band playing and a sort of a rock funk kind of version of the song. It was, a, it was good. But the song really took off when it was remixed by a DJ team called Filthy Luca. And they pretty much stripped the, the verse words away and just kept the chorus and added some samples and put, a, put a, another beat behind it. And it was great. And that was a song that really um, uh, went up the charts and um, was played in uh, clubs all over the place. I remember everywhere you went in those days, that song was playing and people would jump on the dance floor as soon as it came on. No one had addressed the issue through popular culture in that way, that we hadn't heard this call coming from Aboriginal voices, particularly uh, with language, and we never had experienced that call broadcast to such a wide audience once Treaty became played a lot on radio. That song Treaty was very important for the band Yothi Yindi because it, it drew attention to the to the album and the, the single went up the charts and I think they were the first um, Indigenous band having uh, a hit song sung in their own language. Uh, it was played all around the world and charted in lots of different places. The song is still as resonant, as meaningful and as important and as, as urgent to act on as it was the day that it was performed and broadcast around the country. They wanted to maintain their culture by showing their culture. And this is what they very successfully did. So having songs like, like Treaty is a very important part of that. Hi, this is Leah Flanagan and you're listening to The J Files on Double J. Hey, this is Benny Walker. Yo, what up? This is Briggs. Yothi Yindi is black, proud and political. And it brought all that to the mainstream with their groundbreaking song, Treaty. Treaty for me, was not only one of the first songs that came into my consciousness as a protest song, it was also the first time I'd seen Aboriginal musicians on mainstream TV and in the charts. And even at such a young age, it gave me a real sense of pride in my heritage and excited me about the prospect of our people being at the top of their game, not only here, but internationally. The song gave Aboriginal people, those in urban Australia and those still living on country, a voice. A voice to raise awareness of the main issue that still exists in Australia the fact that Aboriginal people are still not recognised as the first people of this land. Until there is an agreement, or a treaty, to state this fact, until the white colonial history books had been amended, Aboriginal people will continue to be victims in a society that has consistently devalued and excluded them. Tribal Voice was produced by renowned engineer and guitarist Mark Moffat. Here he is recounting the moment he realised the band had crafted something truly special. I had to go up to um, Yakala to live with the, the band before they'd come down to the studio. You know, learn about their religious beliefs and stuff. And once we got past that, and that took quite a bit of understanding from my part, we headed down to Melbourne to record the tracks. They were very shy and the hardest part was getting them to get up off the couch and go out and do stuff in the studio. They were just very, very shy. You know, the song was nothing special at the time, but when it hit the the middle um, Yudaki, didgeridoo, the didgeridoo part, they all jumped for joy. The band jumped for joy because it's a groove they'd never heard before. You know, it was just some a very special kind of, like, everything aligned kind of moment. And the groove was really, really, and if you listen to that on the original recording, not the remix, um, it's quite special. I mean, it's pretty dramatic because it was obviously one of those moments when I'd never done anything like that before and I'd never really recorded an Aboriginal band before, but it was really, we rehearsed a lot. It was obviously a really special moment. 
we were sitting in, in Tullamarine Airport one day, um, the treaty had been out, and a bunch of white school kids came up and asked the band for their autograph, and I thought, well, something special is happening here. Yothu Yindi seemed to tap into a global awareness and movement that was swelling up in the early 90s. The UN announced 1993 as the International Year of the World's Indigenous Peoples, and Yothu Yindi went to the UN headquarters in New York late in 92 to help launch proceedings. They played treaty in front of a hall packed with Indigenous peoples from around the world and other musical luminaries, which was a huge event for the band. Just a few months later, the lead singer, Dr M Yunupingu, received the Australian of the Year Award, which was a massive personal moment for him and came with many added commitments and obligations on his time. It was an intensely busy time for the band with the Australian of the Year honour, Paul Keating's Redfern Address, the Marbo decision and the Native Title Act, which followed. There was a wave of change that the band were writing, which fed into their third album, Freedom. Freedom saw Yothu Yindi continue to collaborate with different artists and musicians. Dr M went to New Zealand to work with Neil Finn on Dots on the Shelves. And he teamed up with Andrew Farris from In Excess on Our Generation. How jazz feels in a global nation. Our generation. Human rights or indigenous people. Our as soon as the album was done, they hit the road again for more touring. For Yothu Yindi, it must have felt as though they'd set their worlds in unstoppable motion. As the band was wrapping up their Freedom Tour in Europe, they found themselves in the UK working on their upcoming record, Burkuta. Their host in the English countryside and producer of the album was In Excess's Andrew Farris, whose ties with the band went back years before when they played the Concert for Life in Sydney's Centennial Park in 1992. Farris had a strong connection with Dr M after they'd worked on Our Generation. This time they developed a song about emerging new technology, which Yothu Yindi went on to record in the famous Abbey Road Studios. Missing her love. Missing the land Missing her touch
Two years later, they recorded their 1998 album One Blood, which once again saw the band working overseas in Ireland and Germany with members of Simple Minds and Hot House Flowers popping up on the album. The beating of the heart Waking up By the year 2000, though, they were very much back on local ground for what would be their sixth and final album, Gama. The band recorded at their own Yeringa Music Development Studio in northeast Arnhem Land. Gama is also the name of the Yothu Yindi Foundation's annual celebration of Yolngu culture, which they started in 1999. It was around this time that the band was also prepping for another career high point, getting set to perform at the Sydney Olympics, as well as the Paralympic Games, putting the spotlight firmly on the voices and achievements of First Nations Aussies. Kathy Freeman streaming over the 400 metre victory line, of course, providing incredible emphasis to that event. Over the next few years, some exciting tours continued on for the band, supporting Carlos Santana, huge shows in South America, stops in Asia, then to a festival in the Arctic Circle. There weren't too many places where they didn't play. But behind the excitement of the band's fast-paced lifestyle and the toll of being away from country, the band's visionary leader's health was suffering and he very sadly passed away in 2013. While it seemed he had so much more yet to achieve, his legacy, his hopes and his dreams live on, firmly instilled in a new collective called Yothu Yindi and the Treaty Project. It's a contemporary ensemble which features Yothu Yindi founding members and family, along with emerging First Nations artists and longtime collaborator Gavin Campbell. Not only did Yothi Yindi bring the music, stories and issues of Indigenous Australia to the world, they also put in the long miles, shared the inspiration, set the example and activated for change from the very outset. Rarely has a band formed with such a clear and focused vision, not just for their music but for the impact they will have on the world, for the change they will bring. Yothu Yindi was a band with a clear vision right from the start. The J Files is a Double J podcast. Make sure you like, follow and share. Our producer is Gab Burke. Theme music is by Art vs Science. You can check out Double J anytime on the Triple J app or at doublej.net.au. I'm Kaz Tran. Thanks for listening. <laughs>